0: Hello and welcome to Keanu Club, like a cool breeze over the mountains. This is episode 63, 47 Ronin from 2013. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. Back with us today... Our guest today was on one other Keanu ep, and I was trying to remember what ep she was on, and I realized it wasn't really about a movie. She was on our music episode, our Dogstar episode, Holly Gore. Hello, Holly.
1: Hi, thanks for having me back.
0: Thank you for being back. I'm so sorry that you had to watch this movie with us.
1: Oh, me too. This is actually, you know, normally with the other movies that I've been on here and talked about, even if they were hokey or campy, I could still find a way to enjoy them. This was not the case.
0: Well, when we first did sign-ups for Keanu Club. So actually, going back to Cage Club, you only did a couple of those, but one you really wanted to do was Outcast because I know you lived in Japan for a couple of years, you love all things Japanese, and mm-hmm. Outcast was like this movie that nobody, had, we hadn't heard of really, and then that Hayden Christensen, we're like, like, it's not going to be great, and then it turned out to be like, actually pretty good, and like, there was cool, and that was a good episode, and so then when we did sign-ups for Keanu Club, you were like, All I want to do is 47 Ronin. We're like, all right, cool. Like, this is it. You got it. (laughs) And then I had seen this in theaters. I know that Mike was looking forward to this. Basically... From It seemed like sort of from halfway through, like for a couple months now, you're like, you know, this is the one I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to. So before we really get into, who, oh boy, a lot of things here, Mike, I, I can't imagine looking forward to this movie for so many months helped it at all.
2: Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, especially coming off the huge surprise last week with Man of tai Chi. Yeah. You know, like just having zero expectations and being sort of blown out of the water. Yeah. I mean, I remember the trailers really got me hyped in theaters and I never got around to seeing it. I was totally expecting a completely different movie than what I received. And to say I was disappointed is like, you know, being polite, I suppose. But like, I was really, oh man, I was just really mad that this didn't turn out well. I could tell right from the start, we were having problems. Like as soon as it started.
0: When I saw this in Mm -hmm. theaters, It was a smaller theater and the two kids, there's two kids in the row, like high school kids or whatever, in the row behind me, who from the beginning of the movie were just shit talking the movie. And because of that, I was, I didn't like the movie, but I thought or hoped or assumed that I would like it more watching on my own. And like, just from the beginning, I was like, oh no, like it's it's not.
1: From the opening narration, it's bad.
3: Ancient feudal Japan, a land shrouded in mystery. Forbidden to foreigners. A group of magical islands home to witches and demons. A nation of rival provinces whose lords were ruled by a Shogun. Whose will is absolute. Peace in the realm is kept by the Samurai. Master swordsmen, Tasked with protecting their lord and their province at all costs. Should a Samurai ever lose or fail his master he suffers the greatest shame in all Japanese society. He becomes a ronin. And yet to know the story of the 47 ronin is to know the story of old Japan. I was
2: ready to sort of need time to settle into the world, but I didn't need this like opening stuff, so that was jarring. (laughs) I mean, this movie's got lots of problems. Uh, I think first and foremost for me, though, it just drags. The first hour drags, and then the second hour drags. I don't really want... I mean, we're going to talk about the movie. I don't really want to
0: talk about the movie. What's more interesting to me is the story behind the movie, which is Bananas. But... In terms of the pacing, I feel like and I don't think it's like a problem. I think it's like sort of a stylistic choice about like samurai movies. That like Takashi Miki has done movies lately like Harakiri, Death of a Samurai, and like Thirteen Assassins, and both of those have like really long stretches where like it's very slow. But in both of those movies, your patience is rewarded. And they're both about like feudal Japan, they're both about samurais. It's the same sort of world, minus all the witchcraft and witches and ghosts and dragons and whatever other nonsense is this movie. But in both of those movies because that guy actually knows what he's doing when he's making a movie like 13 assassins has like a 45 minute action scene to end it and like harakiri like builds toward this like great end of a story and like there's this whole amazing fight at the end and like those are both great here when we finally get to that end fight it's just like this is what we were waiting
1: for well from the get-go you don't care about any of these characters you don't care about Keanu you don't care about Mika you don't even care about Asano because you don't even really get to know him other than he's this kind of like crotchety old dude that rules the land they don't give you anything to like so from the start why do you care about any of this like it's it's not interesting it's like a forced history lesson
2: yeah I think a major mistake was to elaborate on a history lesson right like they should have either done the 47 ronin story straight up or done their mystical magical japan mythology thing and make up something completely different that had nothing to do with real history or the heritage so like that kind of bothered me because it felt like a movie that was like at war with itself like it wanted to have these Cool, And I wanted it to have more of these cool mortal combat type battles, right? Where Keanu's fighting mutants and serpent people and dragon witches. Like I wanted that just make that the whole movie or make it a slow romantic samurai story about, you know, losing your master and fighting back for your land. And like either of those would have been fine, But but the mashup doesn't work.
1: I agree, especially because the CGI that was in the film for the battles was awful. It was horrible. And this movie wasn't made like 10 years ago. It was made in what, 2013? We should have had this locked down by now, how to do a CGI Fox without making it look like trash. (laughs) It was awful.
0: So I think part of the problem, I mean, there's a lot of problems here and I I can't wait to like just describe everything, all the the nonsense (laughs) behind it. But this is the seventh adaptation of the 47 Ronin Incident Uh, It's the first one in Hollywood, and it's also the first one that ever just didn't tell the story straight up, that added in all this extra nonsense. The 47 Ronin Incident, or it's the Akko Incident or the Akko Vendetta, was an 18th century event in Japan where a band of ronin, which are the leaderless samurai, as we learn in this movie, avenged the death of their master. And since this happened, it's become legendary, and a noted Japanese scholar described it as the best known example of the samurai code of honor, and it's the country is, quote, national legend. And so the story is about this group that were left leaderless after this guy Asano was compelled to commit seppuku for assaulting a court official named Kira, which in this movie, it's because he was tricked by a witch, which I don't know what happened in real life. That's certainly not what happened in real life. Uh, And then the Ronin avenged their master by killing Kira after they planned for a year. And then they committed seppuku for committing the crime of murder. And then that that story has been popularized in Japanese culture as emblematic of the loyalty, sacrifice, persistence, and honor that people should preserve in their daily lives. And so what did they do here is they just injected a world full of like gigantic mystical beasts and magic and witchcraft and curses. And like, I don't know why.
1: You don't need any of it. It's like, all right, the, the Battle of Gettysburg, You know what? Let's sex it up with some dragons. (laughs) Like you don't like it's it's actually it's a historical thing, like a real thing that happened. Just focus on building up those characters and the story that you already have, and even the stuff that they inject, like the the magical beast at the beginning. You don't ever see them again. It's not like they're hunted or like they come into play later on. It it just it made no sense. None of this made any sense. It was all awful choices.
2: And that's what made me upset and angry watching it too is that I don't know why they didn't want to just make like the live action Miyazaki film that clearly they you know wanted to turn this into with the magical beasts and the fox ladies and just like the forest children and whatever Keanu is, you know? Like, the real story here isn't the 47 Ronin. It's that Keanu is maybe a half-demon, half-human child, I'm not sure, but he's like this half-breed magical woodland creature, reminded me of, like, Link or something. He even goes into, like, a Deku tree to get a magical sword at one point. I was like, what is... Just make that movie instead. I was just so... frustrated watching this thing
3: no one knew where he came from or how he found his way to argo some said he was a changeling no better than a beast many believed he'd been raised by the tengu the demons of the forest who had taught him their dark powers and trained him in their lethal arts of killing
0: I don't know if he's magical. I think the sword has... Well, he magical. turns into robes
2: to get the sword, right? Like, he...
0: But that's a whole... It's, a, it's like an enchanted area. I don't know. I also tuned out the middle, th- middle like, half of this movie. Like, I was turned just, like, out
2: with, like, Weirdo Face when, like, Snake Face shows. It's like, literally, it's like Voldemort.
1: Oh, absolutely. I was not looking at the TV.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he walks into a tree, and there's, like, a bunch of snake people praying to a Buddha. Which, which is and...
1: probably the coolest part of that movie,
2: it is that in and the, and the when he when Keanu samurai sword fights a fucking dragon at the end.
1: Just make that movie and don't do the 47 Ronin history part of it. Like, just be like, we want to make an action version of Princess Mononoke and, and do that. But like this, this mashup, just not committing to one or the other fully just makes for a really shitty film. <laughs> I'm so sorry but I just I did not have an enjoyable time no
0: no 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 you're so right though and the reason that this is such a goddamn mess like I don't know if you looked into any of the background of this movie and no, I, I too
2: frustrated I just like I was anticipating this movie too much and then let down too hard so the director of this movie Carl Eric Rinch this mm-hmm. is his
0: first film Universal also gave him a 175 million dollars to God. make this movie. Yeah, can do that. Then that number became even higher as the film suffered a number of difficulties and delays during post-production. There is the backstory. Also, apparently he was rumored to have been kicked out of the editing room during post-production. They're like, get out, you're done, we're making the movie we want to make. So apparently, originally, he wanted to make an art-house samurai movie. And then Universal was like, no, 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 we are going to make a movie that's like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings these huge spectacles and these massive fights and like yeah we'll take your whatever weirdo ronin movie sure or whatever and but we're going to throw dragons in there and i guess he was like oh, okay Sure. So then he shot the entire movie, and he put together a first cut for executives. And after they saw that, they were concerned about the story and ordered script changes. Then they added a week of shooting to make Keanu a big part of the finale, which apparently he wasn't in the first cut. They also gave him the love story in the movie, and they added in more fantasy battle scenes. Then they took, in during post-productions, they re-edited this, and there's the guy Capitan, whatever his name is, was apparently a major character, and they basically whittled him down to a cameo. They had an idea for a movie, he had an idea for a movie, he didn't make what they wanted, like, yeah, this is your first movie, Like, we're just gonna do what we wanna do.
2: They needed a puppet, basically, essentially, cause like, how do you talk your way into the room and go, like, I wanna make a small intimate samurai film about the 47 Ronin, and then get 200 million dollars to make this blockbuster Keanu, hopefully action movie, and it That is insane. It's, yeah, I think this is, it seems like a case of the studio just looking for someone that they could puppet around and, like, do whatever they need to do with, with the director.
0: What's really crazy is that this screenplay was on the 2008 Blacklist, which is the list of like the best unproduced screenplays. The guys who wrote this movie, one has a writing credit on Drive, and one has a writing credit on Fast and Furious 3 through 8. So they both know how to make action movies. They both know how to make good movies. The screenplay was apparently great. I think what this suffered from was Universal being like, no, we want to turn this into a gigantic tentpole movie.
1: Awful idea. Well, too, and if you're gonna bring in all these magic elements, if you're, like, this shape-shifting witch lady that's super powerful, what, like, what's the point of helping some dude rule the kingdom? Just rule it yourself. Like, if you're gonna be that powerful and that evil, like, she's his concubine? Like, why wouldn't she just go for it herself? Like, nothing makes sense in this film. Every choice that they made, it was like, uh, yeah, go with it. Like, with nothing to back it up or make it solid.
2: Yeah, because they totally don't have time. You know, they have to talk about the Harry Carey and the betrayal and all that other stuff that's going on, right? It's like that's more or less explained just by looking at, right? Like there's no time to like actually talk about her. It's like you just understand that she's this evil witch lady influence that can morph and
0: Reminder, named Witch. Her name is Witch. Mm.
2: That's the worst. That's the worst. But yeah, because I mean, I was totally expecting the guy. I don't, I mean, the bad guy. He looked, I just called him Shredder because he wore purple armor and kind of looked, you know, Shredder ish. He just needed the gauntlets and the, and the helmet. Mm-hmm. But I, I absolutely expected him to sort of like turn into a demon man at, at the end. And like, that's something that never happened. Like, I don't, yeah. I mean, he, he ends up fighting uh, Oishi. Is that the guy? He ends up fighting him and dying. And that's a pretty cool battle. But like, I, He doesn't, you know, use magic or or seem magical at any point, which was a major upset.
1: And, too, they have magic. Like, people in this universe know magic exists because there's magical creatures. But then again, when there's the fight scene, nobody's like, oh, hey, guys, I think our fighter might have been, like, magic poisoned. Like... There's no rules because if they had said that from the get-go, then when Asano gets like magic poisoned and corrupted, they could have been like, oh, hey, somebody's doing it again. I think there's some weird like magic foul running afoot here. But like again, th- there's no rules and there's no solid choices or commitment to any of the choices. So it's like, let's have magic. People will know magic exists, but we're not going to talk about like magic or anything like that because this is a history film, except for this dragon. But yeah, but they
0: yeah, but they live in a world where there's these gigantic creatures. Like I I, I completely agree. Like why are you not talking about the crazy shit going on? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's frustrating. Like, when the movie starts with that hunt and there's, like, the six-eyed beast from Skull Island or something, you know, like, that's where he looks like he belongs. And I was like, oh, great. Like, they're going to go back and there'll be, like, wizard at the temple that is going to predict, like, future through, like, the horn. And no, none of that. Like, they go back and, and it's like Keanu goes to his mud hut. Some other guy gets the credit for killing the beast and I don't know what's going on. Like, really? <laughs> there's, like, all this romance, and then there's, like, the threat from the other guy. I was like, what movie is this? This has turned into something, like, completely unexpected and unwanted, really.
1: This movie is so
0: bad. And, like, they don't even give you time to, like, they're right out of the gate with witches and demons and stuff. Like, from the get-go, you're like, this is the movie we're going to be in. But I, I just, I don't understand any of the choices. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe there weren't choices. Or maybe the choices were just, like, overwritten. They're just like, just throw CGI at it. Because, like, $175 million
1: is bananas. They just had a dartboard with a bunch of post-its on it. And when they're like, all right, what do we do next? Just threw one and was like, all right, uh, time for a tree battle. Let's do this.
2: Yeah, it just feels, like, overwhelmed by itself in a lot of ways. Those snake people, like, that is just, like, a horrible design design-wise. Like, I can't believe someone signed off on that, and it just seems like a decision made and then committed to because there were so many decisions to be made and, and so many things to be written off on and and all kinds of, you know, attention to be had on other things. And it feels like that, like, a lot throughout the movie, <laughs> with, like, the design of, like, the fox and uh, and the dragon, and I mean, all kinds of things just feel, like, signed off on real quick. And, like, there's, like, um, when they get to the shipyard to rescue Keanu like Keanu's been like cage he's fighting a slave he's for a slave a year. now yeah yeah mm-hmm. there's like a guy there like with all those bone tattoos and i if i'm not mistaken like those are the guys real tattoos and stuff and it's just like yeah let's just have like this guy in the movie because of his look you know, because he looks like a guy who would inhabit this like weird, crazy world or something. But there's no real reason for that guy to have all those crazy tattoos or anything. I mean, it's just like trying to amp up the craziness, I guess. It, it's just like overbearing at one point because it's like, man, so many bad choices. Like, I, 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 I at least like give him credit for making it for making so many choices, but that they're all like pretty bad ones.
1: Well, and for someone who's not liked being. Like, Keanu's character for being a half-breed, a foreigner, whatever other insults they call him, they bring him everywhere. He's allowed to go to, like, ceremony day, he lives in their village, they continue to interact with him, like, that doesn't sell it. Like, if you don't like this guy, don't bring him around, like, don't let him sit with you. And even when they go to, like, save him, like, they still don't really enjoy him. And even Keanu throughout the film doesn't build himself as like a likable character. He's just there. He's just this guy that we're stuck with for two hours. Like there was nothing he did that I was like, oh, man, I really want to see you like see this through or end up in love. Like, I don't care about him at all.
2: Well, so I
0: don't know what the original plan for the Keanu character was, but... Apparently Keanu, like, was, he didn't want to take the role because he didn't think he was going to be a big part in this movie, and then I guess they shot him and they just had, like, a minimal part, and then Universal was like, hey, uh, yeah, we're just going to, like, throw a lot more Keanu in here because he's the only people, he's the only person that people in America recognize, so we're going to just ramp him up, throw him on the poster, and be done with it. It's just, he does feel sort of, like, shoehorned in, like, he, he feels important and unimportant all at the same time, which is really weird.
1: Well, and as I said to you, I think this movie would have been 10 times better if all of the Japanese actors had just spoken in Japanese and it was subtitled, because then, then at least it would add some credibility to like, all right, this is a story coming from Japan and this is historical. But instead, for like the one white dude actor you have in there, you force everyone else to speak English. And it's just the whole thing just feels awkward.
2: Yeah, that was a that was too bad, especially coming off of a of Tai Chi*, the movie that Keanu directed, which is takes place in. Hong Kong mostly and Taiwan and everyone is speaking in that language like they're speaking Cantonese or Mandarin or, and only like Keanu and the scenes people are interacting with him is because he's a foreigner is speaking English like that movie is only like 25% English and then the rest are sp- subtitles so it was a shame to see that here was quite the opposite it is all in English and Regarding, like, the Keanu character, he absolutely feels like someone who was only there in the first act, like some kind of pet or something that, that they had, and that maybe when the Shogun came, like, he was going to be, like, executed as well, or when he leaves and is sort of, like, sent off, I had a feeling that's the last we were supposed to see of him, but then, like, they wrote him bigger into the rest of the film and weaved him as more of, like, the central character because it does feel sort of like why is he getting all the screen time it should be the oishi guy like he is the real sort of hero here and that that's really the story we should be following closer
0: you want to hear something crazy it's not about the kiana character but it's about sort of the film as a whole something you just mentioned they shot this apparently the entire movie twice they shot it first in japanese and then they shot it again in english so they shot it in japanese first so the entire cast could speak it and then they reshot it in, in english
2: so you mean like take one is Japanese and take two is English, or like I they think shot- so? Okay, whoa, interesting.
1: This film just has everything wrong with it. It's like if you could make the wrong stylistic, artistic, directorial choice on every single choice, this is that film. Ah,
0: oh, boy. <laughs>
1: It's bad. It's so bad. Like, normally, I can at least find, like, one or two things to, like... Or just, like, some way to get through it. Like, if I didn't have to record with you guys tonight, I would have turned it off five, ten minutes in. It's that bad.
2: I I actually didn't think that this would happen, but I stopped the movie halfway through to, like, take a breath and, like, (laughs) some distance from it to then keep going. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was so looking forward to this. Oh, man. It's just such a bummer. Like, and and there's stuff... It's funny. There's stuff, like... I was like, okay, here comes stuff I I like. Uh, And then they kind of screw it up. I was like, okay, they're going to get magical swords. I was like, okay, this is kind of stuff I like. All right, he's going back. We're going to find out where Keanu comes from. And then we find out, like, he doesn't even really come from there. Like, those people found him too and just decided to train this half-breed themselves uh, uh, oh, I'm getting, like, so teased. <laughs> it's, like, such a tease, you know? And, like, the concept of the witch is very interesting, like, that she's this shapeshifter and apparently, like, only half-breeds can sense her, which isn't true because everyone knows that she's a witch. But, like, the idea of those things, like, are intriguing to me, but they just totally drop the ball and screw it all up. So I'm just like, ah, oh, it's such a tease.
1: Even with her as a witch, if you're a witch that can, like, shapeshift, glide around, Medusa hang from the ceiling. Why did you make a spider to like poison Asano? Just hang over him and drop like a little vial of venom yourself. Like even that, I was like, this was unnecessary. This, the whole spider, like, oh, I'm gonna like creep on, like it doesn't even bite him. It just lays venom on his lips and then goes in ashes.
2: Yeah, that was very bizarre. That was so over the top, like so many steps too far because she like pulls that weird spider out of um, Shredder's arm, right? Like, she, like, <laughs> yeah. does some spell to him and pulls this weird glowing spider out, and I was like, okay, that spider's gonna bite the old dude. And no, it, like, walks across its mouth. I'm like, what? I was like, okay, now it's gonna, and no, and it just, like, evaporates. It's like, huh? I was like, <laughs> she's not a spider thing. She's like a snake thing. Oh, man.
1: And, like, he's sleeping. Just let the spider loose on the tatami and let it walk its way over. It'll get there, like, 30 seconds later. This movie is awful.
2: <laughs> Can Warmth we talk about oh, quickly? <laughs> it ends on maybe the most, de- like, I've seen some depressing films, but this final sequence is maybe, like, the most, the top three probably most depressing endings. It, it's like a mass suicide. At the end, but no. But the thing is that it's I a understand. positive ending. No, I understand. But like in the context of this movie, sure, way, yeah, in yeah, which yeah. it doesn't work whatsoever and feels completely out of place and disjointed. And it's like everyone. It's like let's just kill everybody at the end. It's like there. I don't feel there's no weight to it. There's no honor. There's no you know integrity. Well, yeah. Enough.
0: So so the whole the whole thing the whole plot of the movie uh, if you haven't seen this movie is. The ronin are people who, have, who don't have a leader anymore. They're sort of, you know, look down upon their castoffs, whatever. Their leader has been tricked into assaulting this guy. He is given the honor of committing seppuku instead of, you know, just being killed or whatever. So he has an honorable death. So they go to avenge him.
2: And the, and the um, shogun forbids them to avenge their master. He's right. like, you guys yes. can't do this. Yeah. And so even though they go against
0: his wishes and kill this guy, he's like, you know, you—it its it, it comes out of nowhere. But he's just like, you guys, you know, follow the code of Bushido. You've done this thing that, like, you really did, like, the right thing. Like, even though I said not to, I'm going to let you guys have an honorable death. And so then everybody kneels down in this courtyard or whatever, and they all kill themselves. And which that brought me back to, now we've had in both Cage Club and Keanu Club, I mean, unofficially in Cage Club, but at the end of Rage, back when it was originally called Tokarev, Cage commits harakiri, or seppuku too. Like, he stabs himself and kills himself there. So that's two podcasts in a row where we've had the guy that we're doing kill themselves this way, which is crazy, because it never happens in movies, and then we have both of our guys do it.
2: Yeah, that was just mind-blowing.
0: What I did like, though, is that we got young Keanu, which I feel like we've had before. But this kid looked like a real good young Keanu.
2: I remember we had a young Keanu in Bogus Journey. When they go to hell, there's a young Keanu. But yeah, this one was bald, too, which reminded me of Neo. Yep. A little there. So and like I, I don't know if it was, was like studio the video note.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it was the eyebrows or what, but I'm like, because 'cause they're talking about this changeling, they're talking about this half breed and it's just a kid, and you're like, Is this supposed to be Keanu? And then the kid looks up, I was like, If that's not Keanu, they cat they can't, that's the wrong kid you know what I mean? Like he was so <laughs> close to what Keanu looks like that it's just like, Oh, like if this is supposed to be anybody else, like somebody fucked up.
2: Yeah, I'm just starting to just drift into ways this could have been better. (laughs) Like, if the studio wanted this sort of Lord of the Rings type thing, I'm... I don't know why they decided to hang it on the shoulders of this 47 Ronin story at all like there's enough here to create a whole new world you know you could just have it be about a wandering Ronin collecting a group of roustabouts to go and like take his land back you know you could have dwarves you could have elves you could go full on like all all out do whatever you need you need to have a big hulking mutant thing or whatever but I was so disappointed ah even the castle I was, I was like here comes here comes the evil guy's castle like this has to at least look awesome I was like no damn it we don't i don't even recognize classic japanese imagery at all being riffed on here like i expected to none of that stuff is played up there's like a giant buddha carved into a mountain i was like great <laughs> I was like awesome you're gonna have to pull out more stops than that if you're gonna get magical and
1: mystical and adding to that it's the most lackluster love story like she loves him why because they grew up together like is he supposed to be like a brother like is this kind of like a, a Lannister type like weird love here you don't even know why she loves him it's not like he saved her life when she was young or he's really charming or like they have private chats it's just like ah oh, i have a crush on you and he's like okay i guess i like you too <laughs> there's no there's no substance to it it's it's the most boring love story in a film that
2: I can think of It really did feel like A pet kind of relationship To me kind of thing like she just wants to take care Of him because he con- he's constantly getting Shit on by all the guys and like you know He doesn't fit in and doesn't belong And he has to live in the stupid mud hut and You know just probably what 90% of his life he's looking at the ground Because he's bowing to everybody and all that And, and so like I could understand her like Taking sort of like pity on him And everything but I don't g- ever get Like a romance thing Blooming or or blossoming between them either because Keanu's playing this guy who like has been beaten his entire adult life into sort of obedience so so he's not really expressing any type of emotions it's almost like again one of those perfect Keanu roles where he's like playing this emotionalist mannequin man who can just sort of like stand in and like give him a sword and sure he'll kick ass with a sword and stuff but like this other stuff it's she just likes him because he's like hot basically I think
0: if you want to watch a movie about Japanese culture with a uh, shape-shifting fox, watch Lies of the Fox Fairy. Don't watch this movie. Lies of the Fox Fairy is a delight. I love, love, love that movie. Uh, just don't watch this movie.
1: Don't. There's there's so many better, like, you could watch oh I don't know a handful of animes you could watch anything like from the Criterion collection that's like actual film like um
2: yeah they got tons of samurais
1: I think it's what either Shooting Star or Tokyo Drifter that's like awesome like you could watch any of the Miyazaki films all
2: kinds of stuff there yeah yeah, and, like, Kurosawa, I mean, oh, man, go do yourself a favor and watch, you know, Seven Samurai if you've never seen it. This doesn't hold a candle to any of that stuff. Like, there's tons of other things.
0: Like, Seven Samurai is long. Like, it's, like, 3.15 or whatever, and, like, that's, I know that's a turnoff, but, like, if you're going to put, like, two hours and eight minutes or whatever into this movie, just take the extra hour, I guess. <laughs> oh, man.
2: Yeah, basically, oh, like, like what, we're, what we're pretty much saying is, like, there, there are better straight samurai films, and there are better straight, like, fantasy films out there <laughs> that, like, you don't have to to watch this weird combination
0: but also what's crazy is that I started ranking the Keanu movies in terms of like how much I liked them and like this is not really near the bottom like this is still ahead of like 10 other movies there's stuff in here that's kind of cool it's just compared to a lot of the I don't it's woo. like it's not good but compared to a lot of stuff that I've complained about recently on here like you know oof
2: yeah, I mean for me I was really expecting a lot more fighting. Like I I almost thought this was going to be a martial arts film, but it's not. I mean it it's still a samurai film, it's but it's more of a drama, really. Yeah, I mean or at least it takes itself in that way. Like it feels like it think, it thinks like it's a drama where I really feel like if if it thought that it was an action movie, it might have more like kick to it and some more life to it and stuff, but yeah, it's just oh man. <laughs>
0: Holly, do you have anything else to say about this movie?
1: Not anything positive. Just, yeah, don't don't watch this film. If you are considering watching this film, contact any of the three of us, and we will give you ten other better films to watch. <laughs> I highly regret choosing this film as my my one entry into joining you guys on Keanu Club. <laughs> Maybe somebody will get sick and like drop out and I can... Well, no, like, you I have, have another, movie. Gonna another movie. Oh, <laughs> You're going to be on another
0: movie coming out. You're going to be on The Bad oh, Batch, good. which is with Jason Momoa and... Keanu and Jim Carrey and it's this crazy post-apocalyptic. It's it's just fun. Like it's it's good. It's uh I'm very much looking forward to seeing the Bad Batch again. It's coming out in theaters, I think, in June. So good. We'll probably do it, you know, it'll come out later this year, probably in October or whatever, after the initial run of Keanu lapses, but it's it's good. So you'll be back for a movie that's a lot more fun than this.
1: Well, there, that's my positive contribution. I'm looking forward to seeing a different Keanu movie.
0: Yeah. And that one's directed by Lily Amanpour, which is, she directed A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. So like, there's cool stuff. There's stuff to look forward to. Suki Waterhouse is great in it. I really want to see The Bad Batch again. And I also don't want to see this movie again. It's, It's basically the bottom line.
2: Mike, do you have any other last thoughts about 47 Ronin? Oh, man, I'm just, I was just really bummed. Like, (laughs) I can't believe I let my expectations get, like, so high. They ran away with me. Uh, That that doesn't usually happen, but I guess, you know, Keanu Club has been a lot rougher than I expected. And lately, you know. Yep there's really, you have to grasp for stuff to look forward to. Uh, another thing, though, is it really makes me want to go back and rewatch Man of Tai Chi because I look at that now in an even better light. Like, that is, like, a, that's got great fights. It's a modern-day movie, you know, in China, not like an old, not like a a movie in Japan from the 1800s or anything. Like, it's a different style and all that. But, like, that's got great fights. It's got a really interesting story. Like, it's saying something, you know, about the genre. It's saying something in general. <laughs> you know, that was nice. Uh, Keanu directed it. And, oh, man, like, I was totally expecting this to be more Mortal Kombat, but it, it just definitely isn't at all whatsoever. Uh, so this was just a big upset this time around. But the...
0: Good news, the best news is that the next movie we're doing is John Wick. We yes. made it Oh boy. <laughs> I feel like John Wick must feel like at the end of that day going <laughs> getting there. People kept asking us if we were ever gonna talk about another good movie. And yeah, I think we're we're gonna talk about it. but I mean like like we just said, like Man of Tai Chi was good. We've had like bright spots recently, but just like I'm looking at the last five that we did, which is the Private Lives of Pippa Lee, Henry's Crime, Generation Um, Man of Tai Chi, and this, and like out of those five one is great, and none other are good. Like it's just, it's, man, oh boy. Oh, the other thing was that like this movie was shot, I think, in like 2011, 2012, and then they needed to do the reshoots. Like the studio wanted the reshoots, and then Keanu's like, sorry, like I'm, done. I'm in my own movie now. Like I can't, I can't. I'm directing
2: a movie. So it's, like wait for him to do re- like it. Just nothing oh, thing... came out. This was shot before Chi, but came out yeah. after *Mannateiichi*. Ta- wow. Yes. So Keanu shot and cut his own movie as a first time <laughs> yeah. director before this first time director. Who shot his movie before? it Man- oh my gosh! That even goes to prove like yeah. Keanu's a good director. <laughs> like, everything is just pointing towards make another movie, Keanu. <laughs> Direct another film. There was
0: one other thing that I wanted to say. At the end of this movie, they're talking about the woman. I think I, I don't know. I don't know exactly they're talking about this, but they say she will make Akko great again, and I was like. Oh, you can't use that now. Like, that's like that's MAGA. You know what I mean? Like, Akko is the region. Like, make Akko great again. Like, I can't like that's one of the last lines in the movie. She will make Akko great again. It's just oh boy. Oh, man. That's oh, boy. Sign. But yeah. So thank you, Holly. Sorry, Holly.
1: Oh, I think. Yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, we, we, get, it. we get it. I almost just lied to
1: your face. And I was like, no, I don't want to don't want to lie.
0: No, I appreciate that.
1: Good time talking with you guys. Maybe not about this subject, but oh,
0: here's a, here's a guy. question for you, Mike, that relates to Holly. If you had to watch one of the two movies again, would you rather rewatch this or Me and Will? Which reminder we did not talk about because he's only in one shot and you
2: hated that movie. Which these two would you rather rewatch? No, you got no, you got to rewatch this. There's no way. Okay, like that is because that's a step. That, I'm telling you, that's like one step above Generation. Um, this is like a couple do, steps. Do
0: you think? I, I know that we're wrapping up. Do you think that this movie, if you watch it on
2: mute, it would be better? Probably Probably, right? Maybe if you're like blasting music to it or something like that. And I mean, like, it doesn't look bad, right? Like that's maybe the one thing it has got going for it, right? Is that like, it's kind of pretty at times. It's very colorful and there's some well-composed shots.
0: Like it's bad CGI, but bad CGI is still sort of nice to look at. So for all things Keanu Club, like Holly's last episode, you can go to cageclub.me or facebook.com cageclub or at cageclubpod on Twitter. This podcast can now be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So go subscribe wherever you want to subscribe. Lots of fun, free things. Lots of other shows on the network at those three places. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Holly Gore. And we'll see you next time on Keanu Club.
1: fight like that. From demons.